eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for this Friday, May the 1st, 2020. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL with you here on Daybreak three times per week. That's right. It's the month of May. You get the feeling, don't you? We're going to learn a good bit more about what our fall is going to look like here in the month of May at some point here in the coming days and certainly how that's going to impact the 2020 college football season. Uh, I would think by Memorial Day we'll have a pretty good idea where we're headed with all this. But first, we've got some things to get to today with you uh, here on the podcast. We're going to check in with Charles Power, national analyst for 247sports.com. You know Charles. He's been around BamaOnline.com for years, was a staff member with us for a long time, did an outstanding job. Now he's at the home office. Uh, You read his evaluations on prospects uh, from the recruiting perspective on a a regular basis there at 247sports.com. He also does some college football analysis for us. And he's even got for us here in the last few days his way-too-early 2021 NFL Draft, the first-round mock for the 2021 NFL Draft. We're going to talk with Charles about the Alabama presence expected once again on day one of an NFL draft. So we'll do that with Charles coming up in just a little bit. First, some items of interest here in the last couple of days since we last caught up with you here on Daybreak. Galen Smith, uh, the veteran forward for the Alabama men's basketball team, has entered the transfer portal. You read that update from Charlie Potter right there on BOL here in the last couple of days. And with that, it's interesting because the math now works in terms of scholarships, if it plays out that both Herbert Jones and John Petty return to school for their senior seasons, you can make the 13 scholarships work now with Galen Smith in the transfer portal. It could get kind of uh, hairy, though, if one or both of those guys actually follow through with professional basketball. You could be one or two under, depending on the decisions of Herbert Jones and John Petty. It does continue to sound as if Herbert Jones will be back for his final season. The guy on the fence, uh, as of Thursday night at least, was John Petty of those two. So we'll see how that plays out. But Galen Smith, certainly wish him the best. A guy who uh, played in, what, 31 games last year, made seven starts. So certainly an impactful player. Uh, But Alabama, once again, turning it over a pretty good bit from a roster standpoint also nfl transactions of note here in the last day 
We talked about DJ Fluker on the Wednesday edition of Daybreak. DJ uh, being released by Seattle over the weekend, lands squarely on his feet with the Baltimore Ravens a couple days later where he will be reunited with uh, Mark Ingram, his teammate. Uh, from a national championship team in 2009. He'll also look to team with Bradley Bozeman at the guard positions there with the Ravens. Bradley Bozeman, of course, did an outstanding job at UA, primarily as a center for a couple seasons. Uh, They're wrapping up his career. So uh, DJ Fluker we talked about earlier in the week, and what you've seen here in the last 24 to 48 hours is – that 2017 first round class for Alabama, the four guys you had go in the opening round uh, three years ago with Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Allen, OJ Howard, and Reuben Foster, some decisions being made on their fifth year options. As first round picks, it's a four year deal with a fifth year option that's held by the club. It represents a really nice raise for those players if the teams do, in fact, pick up those fifth-year options. Now, it you know it kind of works the other way, too, in that they're not able to hit the open market after four years, like a second-round or third-round or fourth-round pick is able to do. But Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Allen, O.J. Howard all have their fifth-year options picked up. Not so for Reuben Foster, the fourth and final first rounder from that 2017 draft class as we know Ruben had his difficulties out at San Francisco off the field looked like he was going to get a restart a reset in Washington DC with Ryan Anderson and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Landon Collins and Sean Dion Hamilton and Ross Pierce Baker he's out he's up there in DC too I believe the offensive lineman uh, but Ruben had that really, really bad knee injury about a year ago at this time. And with that, with so much uncertainty, Washington is not going to look ahead and go ahead and pick up that fifth-year option. That's not a surprise at all, given the path that Ruben has followed to this point in his professional career. So let's get into it with Charles Power of 247sports.com. We'll talk Way too early, first-round mock for the NFL draft in 2021 with Charles Power when Daybreak returns on a Friday, May the 1st, 2020, right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And there he is, Charles Power, national analyst for us at 247sports.com. Of course you know Charles Power. He's BOL alum. He is BOL staff emeritus, and he even has some time for us on the Daybreak podcast. Charles, how you doing? I'm doing good, Travis. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's funny. I, I'm trying to think how many how many stories I put in as as uh, under the byline BOL staff, but probably <laughs> probably more than I would like to admit to. It was basically anything that I didn't want to put my name on. 
Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, yeah. Charles, uh, we're very proud of Charles. He has gone on to big things, and you still see a lot of Charles's work, whether it's on BOL, whether it's elsewhere on the network when it comes to evaluations from you know, high school prospects, and now we're seeing Charles do a lot of the college analysis and even what we're going to talk about with Charles coming up here in just a little bit. His way too early first-round mock for the 2021 you saw that here on the network in the last couple of days. And, Charles, oh, let's start first with this 2020 group that Alabama just had drafted. Did that kind of lay out the way you expected it would? There was so much talk about Tua and where exactly he might end up. Would he slide out of the top ten? And then also maybe the the overall number of first-rounders for this Alabama class. And then you know the, the group of nine in general, all of which went in the first three rounds. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, all the guys that that went in the first round. I mean, you were kind of. I mean, it wasn't that wasn't too much of a surprise? Like like you said, the the biggest question with with Tua was going to be, um, you know, I think like nobody really knew what the Dolphins were going to do. Like they were putting out so like like the smoke signals. I've I've just never. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that before. I think they were maybe trying to make sure that the Chargers weren't going to trade up um, and maybe take you know, whoever they, the quarterback that they wanted, who obviously turned out to be Tua. Um, so I think they were putting out a bunch of confusing stuff. So the really, the biggest question was Tua or Herbert uh, for, at five to the Dolphins. Um, but, but yeah, I think, you know, Jedrick Wills, a lot of people thought he was the best offensive tackle in the draft, just depending on who you talk to. Um, so, so not a surprise to see him go high. And then, and then of course the, the receivers, um, you know, Henry, I, Henry Ruggs, I, I, you know, I was, it's funny, like, uh, talking with 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 Tim Watts, he's been saying for a while he thought Ruggs was going to be the first receiver off the board, and that that turned out to be true. Um, you know, so I but I, the odds going into the draft, I think he at one point he was like plus seven hundred. Oh, the first great receiver. value! Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that was who. If, if if you bet on Henry Ruggs to be the first receiver taken, you you probably had a li- nice little chunk of change. But um, you know, Jerry Judy, uh, I guess the the second receiver off the board. So um. Yeah, I mean that was that was about having four guys in the top fifteen is nothing nothing to scoff at. It's probably kind of not uh, not a first for for Alabama, but um, but yeah, it was that was a really good really good showing for sure. And um, yeah, I, I was a, I, I kind of I was a little surprised to see Jedrick Wills maybe last until till ten. I think Andrew Thomas to the Giants was was a, a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. I think the more you looked at it, um, there was a feeling there when you look at. Uh, the giant staff, I kind of thought that there was, it was trending to, to where they could go, maybe go with an sec guy, whether it was Thomas or Wills, um, just with so much familiarity, you have like so many guys from that new staff are on the sec, uh, or, or, or from the sec, uh, with, um, you know, like Burton Burns is the running backs coach. You have Derek Dooley's there. Brett Bielum is there. You have Freddie, Freddie Kitchens, Kitchens, Freddie yeah. Kitchens, uh, with that, with that connection. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the bigger surprises for sure. But, um, it was kind of interesting to see how it all shook out, but yeah, good, a good draft for Alabama, no doubt. Yeah. The, the fact that Joe judge was Alabama's special teams analyst mm-hmm. nine years ago and is now the head coach yeah. of the New York football giants and played at Mississippi state. So he certainly has those deep ties to the Southeastern conference. You're right. It's, it's kind of, uh, the Giants with uh, maybe trying to supplant the Ravens and some 
other mm-hmm. clubs up that way. The Washington Redskins also with that strong Alabama uh, uh, hint to it. So we'll see how it goes with the Giants. They'll be very fascinating to watch here yeah. in the next year or so with Joe Judge in there as the head coach. But you talk about looking ahead to 2021. Uh, and by the way, if you've seen the 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 mock that, that Charles has put out, it is based on Vegas win totals for the 2020 NFL season. So I can't get on Charles too much for having my Jacksonville Jags picking number one overall because he's using Vegas, you know, so I can't really give him a lot of trouble there. A lot of problems there because his guy Gardner Minshew too. What do you think of Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville? You think he's a long-term sort of answer in the NFL as a, as a starting quarterback, Charles? No, I mean, I, I, as a guy who, watched a lot of wash state uh football the last couple years i mean i i i think he's exceeded everybody's expectations i think it's a really fun story but man if you have i think this is this is a a trending to be a a really good quarterback draft so it it would be a position where if you're if you're not one of the top teams in the nfl i think a lot of a lot of franchises would really would really kill to be in that in that driver's seat to, to be able to pick one of these like top quarterbacks. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, see how it shakes out with, with, with Gardner. Um, yeah, it, it's a really great story. He's a hilarious guy, good personality, um, and has definitely, uh, I think surprised a lot of people with, with how well he's played, but, um, man, we're, we're, we're talking about some, some, some top talents coming, coming out. So it, it's not a bad situation to be in either. Yeah. It's interesting because, he really does have a one-year shot at this thing, the mm-hmm. way it sits right now. Uh, not often that quarterbacks totally have their their fate in their own hands, um, and, and he doesn't entirely because obviously it also comes down to the people you got working around you. Um, I would have liked to have seen the Jags in that first round go with a playmaker to kind of help him out. They did it in the second round with Chenault right. of Colorado, a little bit of a flyer there. Uh, boomer bust maybe mm-hmm. uh, with Chenault, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a situation where he has that opportunity at least. And if it doesn't work out, then you're right. You got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields right there at the top of this yep. draft. Uh, the, the next year that the, the Jags have sort of a safety net built in there. Now, as right. far as the, the Alabama players that we're going to project uh, that you have in this uh, way too early 2021 mock, um, you know, it's an interesting debate as far as uh, it's one that, that that Charlie Potter and myself had on on this podcast on Monday. First Alabama player off the board when you look ahead to 2021. I think you and I are in agreement on this, although you've got them kind of bunched up there mm-hmm. towards the, the 10 through 20 range, I guess, or even into 25. Right. Yeah, I, I, I went with Alex Leatherwood because – it, I, I just thought um, when I was kind of assigning this out, like there's there's such a premium at offensive tackle. Now, if you were if you're going to place odds on it, I might maybe give Patrick Sertan the um, the the best odds of going the highest, just because I think he has a chance of being the top corner, um, and the top corner is always going to go pr- pretty high, and it's, it's going to I think it'll be a pretty solid cornerback class. So. 
uh, they're right there. I mean, I had I had Sertan going second or going tenth to the Cardinals, a spot after Leatherwood. Um, mm-hmm. But the interesting thing with this, how this draft shakes out, is you're gonna have a lot of you're gonna have a, like whoever's picking high in this draft is gonna want a quarterback. So I think you're gonna have um, some quarterbacks kind of push some draft some some players down. I think you could maybe have you know like three quarterbacks going to the top ten potentially. So it'll 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 push. Um, some other players down, but I think you'll start seeing kind of like you saw that this year with like the premium positions, offensive tackle corner, you'll see those guys fly off pretty early. Um, and then, then you have, uh, I think the other, the other Alabama guys I had in here, um, you know, I had, I had Devonte Smith going 17 mm-hmm. to, to the, to the Jaguars. I, I think Devonte Smith is, you know, I don't, you don't need to tell Alabama fans this, but I think he's a little like slept on, um, just because you had the, the, you had Judy and Ruggs who would make and, and Waddle who would make these kind of fantastic plays after the catch, um, and just uh, kind of the, your highlight plays. But Devontae Smith, I mean, you know, was the most productive receiver for, for Alabama last year. Really, I put this in the write up. Like, really got the better of Derek Stingley in, in that game. I think that's one thing people are going to go back and look at that, and it's going to be really kind of a feather in his cap. We just he kind of took Derek Stingley to school, and that that didn't happen very often last year. Uh, and he's like, I think he's a guy that the more, uh, like front offices and coaches watch him, the more they're going to like him. Um, just with how, uh, his releases off of the line, obviously fast, really good ball skills and tracking skills. So, um, and he's kind of more, I think one thing I've noticed, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of Alabama fans would, would, would maybe think that like Jalen Waddle would, would be higher just cause you know, he's just so explosive, but I think there's a lot of value with, with, the type of receiver Devonte Smith is he's a guy that can line up all over. He's just kind of more, a little more conventional. Um, and you, you see receivers like him succeed at a higher rate in the NFL, maybe than like a guy who's like a slot receiver of all purpose type. So, um, I, yeah, I like him a lot. And I think, I think the one thing he probably needs to work on going into next year is just, you know, just getting better after the catch. I, I think that's one area where he can, he can get better. You know, he, obviously he's a little, a little slight of frame. So that's going to be, you know, get in the weight room with, with, with the new, uh, strength staff there in Alabama. I think that that would, that would help him. But I kind of came into this thinking like, Oh, he might be like a late first rounder. But the more I watched him, I was like, man, this is like, this guy's really, he's pretty impressive. So, um, I, I liked what I saw from him a lot. And then I had, I had Waddle, um, I had Jalen Waddle, I think at 24 to the pack. It's a year late for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. A year late for, for Aaron Rodgers, Charles, <laughs> that playmaker on offense. Hey, he would, that would, I think I put that in the write up. I was like, Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Cheeseheads would rejoice if this, if this happened. And then, and then, and I had just Dylan in time Moses, for Jordan Dylan Love, Moses. you know? Yeah. 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 And then, <laughs> and, then, and then Dylan Moses as well. Like, Dylan Moses, if he had been in this last draft, would have, you know, had a really good chance of being a first rounder, too. So, um, and I, I tell you what, Travis, like, I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on this. I, I, I considered, I didn't, I didn't put him in there because. I, there was, I just, there were some players who have just, you know, done more that I wanted to, I couldn't really find a spot for him, but, um, I, I'm interested to see like what a guy like Christian Barmore does yeah. this year. I think he's a guy who can maybe make that, like that Quinnen Williams type mm-hmm. of type of leap, you know, with a really good, a really good season. So he, he is a wild card type. I agree because more so than anybody they have right now, he is a playmaker and right. sometimes it comes at the at the, uh, you know, at the sacrifice of the rest of the defense, because sometimes in his first couple of years, anyway, uh, Christian would jump into wrong gaps, try to make some hero plays. And when they worked out, they were great when they didn't, 
uh, it usually meant he was going over to spend time on the sideline. But with maturity that you anticipate going into that third year, I don't think it's unreasonable at all, Charles, to think that he might make that type of leap. And again, he has that ability, first and foremost, that NFL Mm -hmm. teams are looking for, and that's interior pass rush. Right, exactly. One-on-ones, you get him matched up on a guard or a center, even as as a situational guy early on in his career. He's going to win some of those, and they're, as you know, better than anyone. There's there's a ton of value in that. I was going to ask you, and you mentioned this about Dylan Moses still potentially, and I, you know, I hadn't really thought of this in the last week, but I guess even coming off the knee injury, it would have still been a possibility. What about Leatherwood and Devontae Smith in this 2020 draft, knowing now how it played out? And you know, I'm sure Austin Jackson's going to be a really nice player in time mm-hmm. for the Miami Dolphins. Did, did did you see that big a difference between say Austin Jackson there at eighteen nineteen for the Dolphins and their second pick in the first round and say an Alex Leatherwood and then Devontae once you got past the top three receivers Lamb Rugs and Judy and there there were still some really good players you had I think six wide receivers going the first round you think mm-hmm. Devontae might have pushed for first round possibly in this draft too yeah it's, it's an interesting question I I think. I would have probably felt better about Leatherwood being a potential first rounder than, than mm-hmm. Devonte, just given how how tight it was at receiver. Um, yeah. It would have been interesting to see like those. I I, I think they both would have had a chance. Um, uh, Leatherwood, I yeah, Austin Jackson is interesting because he's just like a pure upside play. Uh, it would like I would have wanted to see maybe like what Leatherwood like Austin Jackson was just taken kind of off his athleticism and, and dimensions. Um, it, but I, I would have, I would feel pretty confident in saying that I think, I mean, I would take Leatherwood over Isaiah Wilson, who was a first rounder at, yeah. at, at tackle. Um, I know there was not Isaiah Wilson was a polarizing prospect who not everybody saw as a first rounder, so maybe it was might have been a deal. It was kind of like beauty in the eye of the beholder. Maybe the Titans just like loved him. Um, but I mean, I personally would take Leatherwood. I, I mean, I think the floor on both those guys w- would have been, I don't know, maybe like mid second round. Um, but, but the ceiling would have probably, the ceiling I think is higher with them coming back for sure. Like they both could be, I think Devonte, you know, could be first half of the first round and he could be, maybe he could even push. I don't know if anybody's going to beat out Jamar chase, but, um, you know, he could be first half of the first round and Leatherwood could be the top on to tackle for, for all we know, or I guess maybe probably it's going to be hard to unseat Panace well, but he could still be a yeah. top 10 pick, you know? Um, so I think that's one thing, if if you're if you're really trying to be a top ten pick, um, you could kind of pull like a you know like a, a Derek Brown and, and come back. And I, I think they both um, you know definitely increase the odds the odds of that. So it's you know um, and Alabama has a pretty good track record of of guys that come back for the fourth year getting picked high. And I I, I know that's one thing that Nick Saban when he sits down and and meets with these guys after the season um, kind of lays that out. And you know it's the proofs in the pudding for sure. So I think yeah. we see it. We see that quite often. Yeah. I don't know if Isaiah Wilson will prove to be first round worthy, but I think his mom definitely is <laughs> Yeah, the way she rolled yeah. those hips on that girlfriend <laughs> yeah. to get her out of Ike's lap. Yeah. That was, that was as good a moment in the first round as, as we had all last Thursday night. That was, I'll, that I'll was take some- that. Yeah, that yeah. was some impressive reactive quickness <laughs> from mom. I think she may have taken the crown even from Landon Collins' mom at Landon's commitment <laughs> ceremony uh, at the Under Armour game. I believe yeah. that was a few years back. 
So I, I wouldn't mess with Isaiah Wilson's uh, mother at all. Now, no. um, so we, we've talked about the five that you have in this too early mock from Alabama. Leatherwood, um, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Dylan Moses. You've also brought up the potential for Christian Barmore being a bit of a wild card there at the defensive line position. What about Najee Harris? And we know that that position, it's become an incredibly tough club to break into a first yeah. round pick as a running back. Um, what type of talent do you see Najee as? And, and uh, you know, I guess the ceiling though, for so many backs, it really starts, uh, you know, in the second round. I mean, that's, it that's does, about yeah. as good as you can hope for, I guess. It does. And I, when I was putting this together, you know, I the the only team that I could really identify a need for a running back was like the Falcons because they signed Todd Gurley to a one year deal, but yeah. I had them picking 11th, so I was like, well, I can't like in good faith mock a running back at 11th. Like they would they would never pick a running back 11th. So and I I think Travis looking at the way the draft is shaken out the last few years, so you had one running back taken. In the first round of the last few years, Josh Jacobs, 24, the Raiders, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the last pick um, for the Chiefs. I think it really takes a team. Not only is it a team, like, it's the running back has to fit the team, too. So it's like, um, you know, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I don't think would have been the first running back off the board if it wasn't the Chiefs that were taking one. So they really have to kind of fit the scheme. Like, um, you look at. Uh, DeAndre Swift is fits what the Lions do. Jonathan Taylor fits what the Colts do. J.K. Dobbins, I think the the Ravens had J.K. Dobbins as the first back on their board. So it's really kind of finding that perfect like dance partner with the team and the the, the running back. So um, you know, like with Najee Harris, I think it would be about getting a team. I don't think it's I think it's unlikely that he would be a first round pick. But if he is, I think it would be about getting a team that really views him as like the perfect back for their for their system. And they probably would need to be a team that is drafting towards the end of the first round. But, um, you know, he'll be in the mix. I think it's like Travis Etienne is in there. Chuba Hubbard from uh, Oklahoma State is in there. I think Journey Brown from Penn State is one who could kind of maybe blow up a little bit. But um, man, I, I, yeah, I think if you're being realistic about it, if you're running back, I think you, you're setting your, your sights on being a second rounder at, nowadays, which is kind of the way it's going with, especially with, especially with so many receivers going in the first round now, I think that almost kind of squeezes the running backs out a little bit. Yeah. You know, he's not going to project as a first rounder. I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone thinks that, but Matt Jones could have everything on the table for him by the end of the 2020 season as a fourth year junior going into this year, um, whether it's grad transfer, whether it's the NFL draft, whether it's stay at Alabama, um, you know, we didn't really think of Joe Burrow at all in the terms in which he fulfilled as last season wore on. And then he goes number one overall. And again, that's not to say that there's really any expectation of that type of move, by Mac Jones because he's going to have to deal with Bryce Young and he's got right. to win the job first and foremost. But uh, you know, it's it's interesting to consider what what might be out there in front of a guy like Mac Jones in a year's time. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's if you're Mac Jones, you have to be 
I mean, you're, you're not going to, um, you're going to have a, a ton of opportunity. You know, I think you look at the guys that are returning at, like it's all the pieces are there. So if he can, if he can win the job, I mean, that's, you know, he's, he's in play to, to kind of make that, make that explosion. Um, and Travis, I kind of wonder like if this limited off season, it also might, might work to Mac Jones's benefit yeah. and, 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 in the quarterback, uh, competition, you know, just given his familiarity sure. and, and not having that spring, um, for, for, for Bryce young. Um, so that'll be, that'll be interesting too, to see, but yeah, like, uh, you know, this time last year, everybody had Joe Burrow as a sixth or seventh round pick. So, and he's going to end up what the, the commonality here is he has a lot of weapons returning. Um, he's got familiarity with all those guys, uh, so, so it'll be, it'll be fun to kind of watch. And like we saw, like at the end of like the games he played, Alabama put up points. So if, if, yeah. if, if, if he's the guy you have to expect that he would be really productive. You've got his own coach campaigning for a scenario in which there would be two weeks of just instruction. You know, right. if we look at sort of modifying the, the setup for the preseason, Nick Saban is, is pushed kind of this two week instructional, uh, sequence, and then you go into fall camp. Well, if you do that, that means it's not what you would have in spring practice, which is three scrimmages, which Mm -hmm. is important. If you're an early enrollee trying to win a job of any kind, but certainly at the quarterback position, that's three full scrimmages in the competition you lose. And Mac Jones has got four starts from 2019. So I couldn't agree more with you. Charles, in terms of uh, you know the, the 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 situation that that is kind of come into play here, being a benefit to veteran players in general, but certainly mm-hmm. guys who have some time under their belt uh, at the quarterback position. Hey, Charles, as always, man, appreciate you taking the time here on Daybreak. I love the great stuff for us there at twenty four seven Sports dot com. Look forward to doing it again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Travis. There he goes, Charles Power. National Analyst, 247sports.com. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Daybreak. Great weekend, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.